Every year, March has a significant meaning for sports fans across the U.S. and around the world. Over the past two weeks, Major League Baseball has opened up spring training, the USL preseason has officially begun, the European football leagues and national tournaments are nearing their end points, and we're two short weeks away from March Madness. March, ma March 1st is the beginning of sorts, and that's no different for us. My name, of course, is Seth Bidoff, and I'll be joined shortly by Jacob and Earl here on the podcast to get into this week's discussion. Before we do that, though, we, will do, we wanted to share that we, at the last minute, decided to change the direction of our rebrand. United Nomad Sports was a great idea that we felt would signify our love of United and also give us an opportunity to spread our content to other sports. In the last week, though, an even better idea came to us, thanks to Earl, and we felt that it fit our vision of this show more accurately. We're all sports fans that don't want to limit this show to any single sport. Yes, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about New Mexico United and the USL, but we've discovered that there's so much more to talk about. We're more than just football supporters. We are Somos Mas. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for being here. This is the very first episode of Somos Mas, the new home for the latest news surrounding New Mexico United and weekly discussions about sports stories from around the world. Uh, on this week's show, we had a giant roster of things to talk about. Um, about an hour or so ago, we decided we're going to pare it down because there's a lot of local news here. So this is going to be a very regional show, very local show. Uh, so please bear with us uh, with that. We do Again, we do have USL. We have Open Cup. We've got soccer news um, all coming your way. Um, before we do jump into our discussion, let me, of course, bring in my co-host, Jacob and Earl. Uh, guys, without spoiling any of our talking points or your takes from later in the show, um, what pieces of news from the past week are you most excited about or most affected by, I should say? I just have um, two words, and that's, uh, fuck Phoenix. <laughs> there you go. I will I will drink to that because I had kind of a word that rhymes with fuck, but it was suck. And it was kind of backwards, so Phoenix <laughs> sucks. But I like your way better. There we go. Really, your way is just my way a little bit more tame. And that's and that's just because you're on beer one and I'm on beer three. That's really hey, 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 <laughs> hey. I'm a married man. I gotta go to work in the morning. <laughs> so do I. And so am I. I gotta go to work in the morning too, but my office is right there. You shut your Fair. mouth. No one likes you. <laughs> All right, so, so Jacob, do you want to expand on that just a little bit? Because that wasn't necessarily one of our talking points, but um, <laughs> there, there's been a little bit of animosity around social media today, uh, especially when it comes to uh, the Phoenix Sucks supporters. Uh, would you like to expand on that? Earl, you, you can expand on that as well. Well, so we have we have Earl getting into it with, with a Phoenix fan on Twitter. Who, who that Buster. Phoenix fan? That Phoenix fan. I'm actually not on bad terms with. Like, I'm okay with him. I have a, so for the so most part, for the most part, his points are fairly legit. They don't just come out of nowhere. But right, let's let's well, let's talk about that for a minute, and then I'll get on to why why I said it. Really, I've officially renamed that person Vagina Plaster, just because I Vagina hate him. Vagina Plaster. Yeah. <laughs> All right, kids, if you're listening in the car, please plug your ears. This is this may be a potentially explicit show. That just put a weird image in my head, and I'm not okay with it. <laughs> like you just walk into a room, and there's plaster on the wall, and it's just shapes of vaginas everywhere. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird, Earl. It's weird. But anyways. Carry on. Carry on. So, 
so I'm okay with Mike. I'm okay with him. He's not even the arguments that you guys get into. He his points kind of stand for the most part. But two instances, um, both of which were prominent in the New Mexico United Nation page on Facebook. Uh, one of which was um, one of the New Mexico United fans posted screen grabs of Twitter um, after the something that I, I think we'll get into later, which is the Open Cup and our absence from it for the most part. And one of our players took to Twitter and was disappointed in the decision and said, finally to the 19, 2019 Open Cup and finally to the USL players playoffs in 2020 while playing every game on the road. What a joke. Meaning we should be there. And the Phoenix fans just freaking attacked him out of nowhere. Um, I did I did like one, though. Um, There's a picture of... I don't know what his name is on on uh, what's the show? What's the show? The Office. There we go. Yeah, but it's oh, Krasinski. Yeah, Mike Krasinski. Whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah, and it just says, and it just sure. it, it's, it has a picture of him with like a smug look on his face, and it says "just get good." I don't know, which I thought was kind of funny, but it's like why, why, why are you so? attached to New Mexico United stuff. Like like we've talked about how we just kind of own space in their head for some reason. So so that was one. And that one wasn't that bad. But then today, right after I got off work, I'm on Facebook and and our good friend Sombrero Man. One um, of our own actually. One of our own. Yeah. Posted um a screen grab of Facebook comments between him and Vanderplas for one, but Vanderplas was cool with it. He was like, "Yeah, I'm sure they can. These people can help you out with it." I would think maybe PayPal. So what what's going on is that the Banditos are raising money for something. They're selling these kits that say Banditos on them. Um, he says, "I won't buy one of the jerseys, but I would love to help. Is there a way I can help without buying a jersey?" Vanderplas says, "Yeah, I think these two people might help." And later on, says probably PayPal or something like that would be fine. Well, then one of his people that he tagged jumps on, says, uh, well, I can't read it for one because of the spelling and the grammar issues on it, but basically, fuck off. We don't need you to buy one of these kits. We don't need you to help us go away, essentially. And it's just dumb to me. So, So between that and just the normal hate for Phoenix that we all have burning deep inside of us. Um, I felt just like today was a good day to say fuck Phoenix to start the show. I mean, every day is a good day to say fuck Phoenix. I mean, (laughs) I don't think you'll get any disagreement from a lot of folks on that. This is true, but for some reason I'm usually a little more reserved towards Phoenix fans, but today, nah, today they can suck my dick. You know, I could understand if if some brower man had gone over there and was rude or disrespectful to them in any sort of way. But he went over there with the intent of trying to help out whatever the cause was. You know, we may be rival clubs, and to be, I would never buy a rival club kit. I I, I would never do that. I know 
dozens, hundreds of other people that would never buy their rival's kits, but they would go out and help go out of the way to help support a charity or a, or a fundraiser or whatever, because we're all people. It's the decent thing to do. And we, you know, Sombrero Man, he's, he's not even 18, you know, and he's wanting to go out and donate some of his own money to whatever, whatever this cause was. But to get that sort of reaction, that's completely uncalled for. Yeah, exactly. So, Mike, if you listen to this, I don't know if you do. I'm cool with you. You're fine. Um, Zach, I think, is the other guy's name. Nah, fuck that guy. So, <laughs> with that being said, to actually answer your question, Earl, uh, or Seth, I think that the um, the biggest news and the, the news that's going to have the most impact on us as New Mexico United fans is going to be the loss of Cody Mizell uh, that we'll talk about here in a bit. Um, other than that, we, you know, we got the some schedule news, not, not schedule news, but group news. And, and like I mentioned, not being in the open cup and stuff like that, but, but all of that, we kind of sort of saw coming. We thought maybe we'd be in the open cup, but I think the way they did it makes the most sense. So we'll talk about that all here in a little bit. So, so definitely the Cody news is, is the one that I'm just like, okay, well, let's figure it out then. Yeah, I'm on the same boat. Everything that that happened before today, we kind of predicted. We kind of knew about Open Cup in the group chat. I mean, we knew it was going to happen. Um, we know that Phoenix sucks, so that's not really <laughs> that's not really breaking news. It doesn't really affect me much because it's always there. Um, the fact that Cody did leave. Um, not to get too much into detail with it is kind of surprising, especially with the terms that he's leaving with, but that's probably the biggest news that'll last probably all season. Yeah. Again, we'll talk about that here in a bit. And uh, I mean, I would echo you, you guys, but I don't want to give us all three the same, same uh, most affected uh, thing this week. Um, Sacramento Republic FC. Uh Major news coming out of there and their MLS bid, um, and I think that's just, that's going to have big ramifications going forward for uh, for the USL for Sacramento Republic FC, and uh, we'll talk about that as well here in a little bit. Uh, before we jump into our gigantic size soccer discussion this week, um, there has been some local news like we talked about. Uh, first thing that came out this week. Uh, UNM Lobos men's basketball coach Paul Weir has come to a mutual agreement with the with the university to resign after the end of the season. Um, this was kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I know the team had not been playing well this season. They were two and fourteen in league play, six and fourteen overall, um, and they just they struggled throughout the season. They struggled at times, even having enough scholarship players available. Uh, due to players opting out of games um, and, you know, choosing not to play. In fact, there was a series with, I believe, San Diego State that was just outright canceled because they didn't have enough players um, to field because you have to have so many scholarship players according to NCAA regulations in order for them to play. Um, so, yeah, big news there. Um, now, one pot – if you can call it a positive, is that the school is not having to pay for the buyout for Weir's contract. 
Now, if you're familiar at all with college basketball, college sports, the, the coaching carousels, typically there are usually large buyouts associated with this. And so he had the remainder of, uh, let's see, this year, and I believe next year as well, uh, remaining on his contract. Total 590,000. Yeah, um, five hundred. At least five hundred. Like I said, five hundred ninety thousand dollars left, and that's all going to be publicly, publicly or privately funded, I should say. Um, no word on exactly where that money is coming from, but it's not coming out of the university's coffers, which, given the state of collegiate athletics over the past year, um, probably a good thing for the school. So, uh, I don't know how much attention you guys pay to UNM athletics, but uh, what are your thoughts on? Paul Weir being uh, leaving at the end of the season. I I kind of saw it coming. I mean, um, I was trying to do the math real quick, and I'm not really good with it, even with the calculator, and then throwing beer, and I just don't know what the hell's going on. Um, I've had like two sips. I'm just saying. I mean, throwing beer, I'm more distracted <laughs> by that. Um, so what I'm looking at like 52 wins in two, three years maybe. Um, the Lobos have not – elevated they haven't seen the mountain west championship they haven't seen march madness playoff time tournament time so paul weir i saw it happening i'm surprised actually it took this long i expected before all this before this whole season that they would find someone new and go another way um that being said i do love paul weir he's a really good coach um, I do think that COVID did him wrong, especially not being able to play any home games. Um, kind of screwed him over. Yeah, I am um, going to be real honest with you. I haven't paid attention to men's basketball for UNM for quite a while. So I had no idea what was going on. I'm not even sure. Well, I we took him from, from New Mexico State, right? That's where he yes. was? Okay. So I think I knew that. And I think I knew that he was our current coach, but no, I, I couldn't name a single player for the men's team. Um, and all I remember was I, we started off really good this year out of conference, I thought. And then apparently the wheels came off, which I didn't know. So when you were telling me the record, I was like, Oh, that means we lost a lot in a row. So, um, can't say I'm surprised because I don't know what's going on. Yeah, so we started the season really, really good. Yeah, 3-0 I mean, with wins uh, against Rice, Our Lady of the Lake, and Letourneau College. Two of those I've never even heard of before. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I guess you can call a 3-0 start good. I mean, that's fine, whatever. You know, th- three wins is three wins. But when it's two schools that you – two of the wins are against schools that most people have never even heard of. Is that does so, that really count for anything? Yes. So what I was calling good is they weren't like close wins. Like they weren't like four or five points. They were a good 15, 20 point wins. So for Lib for Lobos to be able to get started that quick, not being at home, not having practice at home, having to figure out doing college and being on the road. Uh yeah, so that's in my opinion, that's a really good start. And then they went on like an 85-game losing streak. Pretty much, yeah. Um, you know, Jacob, you mentioned not knowing any of the players this year. Um, yeah, there were only a few folks that came back. 
uh, Emmanuel Quach, Keith McGee, uh, Byron Matos, who was a, a big name signing for, for the college, um, uh, did not have he well he, there was a chance for him to play last year, but he didn't because it would have best with his eligibility. So he he didn't uh, debut until this year. Um, Kurt Vegscheider was back this year. Uh, Macwatch, Malawatch was back this year. But other than that, I mean, Weir's tenure here wasn't tremendous by any means. And I mean, there were a number of issues last year, I don't know if you guys remember, with player discipline and things like that. You know, uh, I believe there were, there were sexual assault allegations against Carlton Bragg Jr. And so uh, for someone who did as well as he did at his prior job, I mean, Weir definitely did not do well here handling the players. And then, I mean, obviously COVID, everyone's been dealing with COVID across across the nation, but you know, you still got to find a way to to get the guys going, get them engaged and get them excited to play. And he just didn't do that. A couple hours ago came out um, that APS is now uh, able to play sports. Uh, APS, of course, being the Albuquerque Public School System, uh, they reached an agreement with the New Mexico PED, Public Education Department, to separate uh, athletics from the school system in terms of the, not needing to be in the hybrid model. And so uh, it looks like fall, spring, and winter sports can all start now. Uh, obviously, they're all going to have abbreviated schedules, but and there's still some... Uh, some details up in the air as far as which schools will actually be participating in some of these sports. Um, but, I mean, this is a big win for a lot of folks that we know, Chris Hurst uh, and some others that have been pushing for sports to resume play. So uh, what, what, do you guys, what do you guys think about this? So it doesn't really affect me much, only because, one, I don't live in these mountain, or in Albuquerque. Two, I don't have kids. So it doesn't really affect me, but I am super excited to see kids back playing sports. Um, I know growing up, that was part of my big push in high school was sports and girls. Um, mostly sports, though, I think. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Um, there's been a lot of beer since then. Um. Uh. That was like but two no, years ago, Earl. That was like <laughs> 10 years ago. It'll be 10 years now in May. Um, anyways, why don't you just keep drinking your beer over there, Jacob? Um, <laughs> I yeah, so I, I'm super... Don't keep making remarks. So I'm super excited to have sports back only because I'm a sports fan and kids need it. Yeah, I remember roughly a year ago. Um, basically the whole world shutting down, um, uh, and governors across the nation going, we're going to quarantine for two weeks. Well, here we are a year later. Um, and we are finally getting back to some semblance of sports in schools. I know here in Fort Sumner, we have a schedule for football. It is two games for varsity. Uh, the first one being in two days, actually. Um, so it is it's it's a little too late a little a, too little me, too late too little yes. too late sure we'll go with that i don't think that's exactly what i was going to trying to say but we're going to go with that so 
Um, but it's something. It's something for the seniors, at least, to to latch onto and be able to say that they were able to play a little bit. So um, I think it's good overall. I think it's a long time coming. It should have been done a long time ago, but I guess better now than than not at all. So I'm happy for the seniors and and the kids that get to play, but we'll see if how much it gets because we're already in March, guys. It's we have March, April, and then half of May. So they have two and a half months to figure out a schedule for seven sports, eight sports, depending on what school you're at, maybe even more. I, I do know one of those sports was going into June. Okay. So I want to say baseball, nice. maybe. I think it's baseball that's that going to go but, into uh, June. But it's still, it's going to be abbreviated schedules all around. Um, for the kids that are like on the borderline of of scholarships for sports, um, not sure how much it's going to help. Hopefully they can they can perform well enough to, to get looks at least. So, But all in all, I'm happy for it. Um, I... I have kids, but they're not near that age, so um, it doesn't really, really affect me on a personal level. But I do know that growing up playing sports in high school, you know, I played three sports, two sports my senior year. Um, my senior year for baseball, the last game was canceled uh, because of poor field conditions, and I was pissed. So having my whole senior year canceled, I can't imagine what those guys are going through. So I'm happy for them that they'll at least get to pad a, put the pads on or or step out on the court or step out on the field and swing a bat whatever sport they happen to play so kudos to them and and I'm, i hope that they can make the most out of this little abbreviated schedule yeah again this is a big win for for those that were big proponents of the you know letting the kids play again chris hurst um those of you who listen to the pod probably know that name uh, and some others uh, according to james yodice from the albuquerque journal um APS uh, schools have until mid-afternoon Thursday to declare their intentions. Um, they're not expecting everyone will return to athletics uh, within within APS. Uh, NMAA has potentially 15 new teams in the fold, including 13 in APS, plus Las Lunas and Valencia. Uh, it's unknown if Las Lunas and Valencia will get one game or two, and it's not a sign that all 13 APS teams will play football. Uh, basketball players uh, will get roughly half a season. Uh, which is, you know, more than what the football players are going to get. And then that last tweet I saw from him, um, baseball and softball will have to play around 20 games. So uh, there will be a lot of uh, a lot of APS uh, or in New Mexico state sports going on here uh, between now and the end of the year. Again, you know, I think this is big, especially for the seniors, you know, who likely weren't going to get an opportunity to play at all this year now at least have a, have a chance to walk out into the field, you know, for their senior year and, uh, you know, get involved there before heading off to college or whatever the rest of their life holds. And, you know, uh, I think it took APS and PED um, far too long to make this decision, but I, I, I think it's a good thing for them to have the opportunity. Yeah, I do know that some schools have are not APS wise, so like East Mountain schools have already started their sports. So I know Mountaineer, um, who I'm representing today, by the way. Um, I know that they are already playing volleyball. 
and they played a Moriarty team the other day, yesterday I believe it was. Um, granted, they lost because Mountner is only good at losing. Um, they do have a football game this Friday against Springer, um, and then basketball starts in like two weeks. See, what I don't understand for the small schools, like Mountaineer or here in Fort Sumner, like... Why? All of, all of those kids play, like, in order to have a basketball all team, you, you have to play, like, all every sport. So so if they're going to overlap whatsoever, then you're going to have, like, a three-team basketball team for until football's over. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they work that out. But all in all, still happy. Glad well, I do know Mountaineer only has three football games, so it's this Friday night, and then next week, and then a week off, and a week after that. And by that time, I think basketball games would be starting, so they might have like one week where they overlap. Um, but I do know Mountaineer has a really big outing for basketball. Um, I do, and I know this because I've played basketball, all three sports that Mountaineer provided. Um, it's like football, basketball, and cheerleading. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm just kidding. I love Mountaineer. I'm just kidding. So football, basketball, and track, obviously. Um, but I know basketball always had at least 14 to 15 people on each, on each team. Yeah, we could talk about high school sports for a while. So, um, carry on. I'm pretty much done with it. <laughs> All right. Next up, uh, we're going to get into the world soccer here for the rest of the show. Uh, first up, it was announced uh, the other day, well, not really not too long ago, that the U.S. Open Cup had finalized their format for the, a return to play for the 2021 edition. Uh, after not playing the Open Cup, which is the, the longest-running national tournament uh, here within the States. Um, and so the way that that, that was broken down is that um, there were going to be, I believe it was eight MLS clubs, eight USL championship clubs, and then a number of clubs from the uh, uh, Open divisions as well. Um, so, yeah, here we go. Uh, Four of the th- four open division clubs, four division three clubs, eight division two, which has USL championship, and eight MLS clubs. Um, so that's out there, and it was reported by Jeff Reuter the other day. Let me find this here that the USL had um, announced their uh, their proposal as far as which clubs to send to the Open Cup, and their the USL decided, and this was voted on by the board of governors to send the eight group winners from the 2020 season to that. Um, so that would mean that, uh, let's see, those group winners are Phoenix Rising, El Paso Locomotive, San Antonio FC, Louisville City, Hartford Athletic, Charlotte Independence, Tampa Bay Rowdies, and then Sacramento Republic would replace Reno in that grouping. Um, and Jacob, you mentioned it earlier, uh, you know, Devin uh, Sandoval took to Twitter and expressed his uh, disappointment with the decision. Uh, I know a number of fans were disappointed with that as well from the USL. Um, and I, I mean, to be, to be completely honest with you, there are a number of clubs, United included, 
that disappointment is probably par for the course here that because these clubs have legitimate arguments that they should be in the Open Cup this year. Now, I, well, I agree with most of these. Uh, you know, I mean, Sacramento over Reno, I mean, I can I understand the USL's logic in doing it. It's, a, it's the simplest way to do it, you know. But if you know, if you look at it from the standpoint that United went farther in the in the playoffs last year, they played every single match on the road, and they played one fewer game than everyone else because the RGB match got canceled. Had they played that in one, they would have finished higher in the overall standings in Sacramento would have. But neither here nor there. I want to get your take, uh, Jacob. First. Do you think any of these clubs, such as United, Pittsburgh, or Charleston, have an argument that they should be going over some of these others? Short answer is no. Um, 2019 was a long time ago, and we should have won the group. Bottom line, if we win the group, we're not in. We're not even having this discussion, and we should have won the group last year, even though we played all the games on the road. Uh, I still feel like we should have won the group. So, um, like you mentioned, it it was the simplest way to figure out how to do this. It makes the most sense to me. It's not... Because um, otherwise you get into arbitrary arguments. It's, oh, well, these guys went really far in 2019, so, so they should be in over who? Um, so, I don't... I understand like Devin's feelings towards it. And obviously he, he really likes that competition and wants to compete in it every year, but they didn't have it last year. You're going to miss it this year. Focus on winning the league, shut Phoenix up by beating them. And then, then we can worry about open cup next year because hopefully by next year, it'll be back to an actual open cup where everybody can get in. So, I, I feel for the players that really want to play in it, but at the same time, I'm like, win the group. We're not having this discussion since we didn't win the group. I don't know what you, I don't know how you wanted to them to determine who was going to go. I, I don't see a better way to figure it out uh, other than biases and and human error coming into play. It's like it's like the BCS versus the the playoff committee now i the playoff committee are people they make mistakes so the computer makes mistakes it doesn't really matter either way you're screwed so or either way somebody's getting screwed so i'm okay with it i'm good with it i i voiced this in the group text i'm happy with it because i think we can just focus on the league and not worry about another competition so uh that's part of where i'm coming from i i wasn't one of the people that was upset about how our league play fell off in the first year when we made the open cup run. I understood the importance of the open cup run and the exposure that it got us. But when it comes to this year, if we'd have been in, I'd have been excited, but since we're not in, I'm not going to cry about it. Earl, do you think any of these clubs that are going to the open cup, do you think they have a shot at upending any of the MLS clubs? Like, is this really the cream of the crop? Um, I think the one there's maybe a couple teams that can. I don't see any on the West upending any MLS team. 
Um, personal bias, I, I hate Phoenix. So, no, I don't see them beating even the Colorado Rapids. Um, sorry if you're a Colorado fan. Um, no harm towards Colorado fans, by the way. I just look lowly on Colorado Rapids, and I don't see Phoenix beating them. Um, who's supposedly the best in the West? If you ask Vander or Vagina Plaster, or whatever his name is. Um, the team that I do see beating any or an MLS team, whether it be Minnesota United, whether it be Atlanta United, I think they could, is Lou City. I think Lou City has the skill set to where they can compete. So if any team does deserve to be in there, it's Lou City. Um, I would have much rather not seen Phoenix in there, but to each their own. I will say that while I am with you on the hatred for Phoenix, to ignore the talent that Phoenix has is... It's... I don't know what the word is for it, but it it's it's not right. So, so, no, so they so, have the talent. They, right. they have the talent to be... Uh, an MLS team. Let me clarify. But let me, I just let don't me, see it. Let me clarify. One, I don't want to see it. And two, I just don't want to see it because I hate Phoenix. So, <laughs> I, no. So, also, I, would, I would love to see some lowly MLS team, whether it's FC Cincinnati or whoever the hell's the lowest team, Tacoma or whoever the fuck it is, um, would love to see them just demolish Phoenix and put them in their spot as little brother to United. To be fair, I don't think they will. I Partly, I just don't think they have the want to do good in that competition. Could be wrong, but I just don't think they do. So, And you know, you know what? So I don't I think don't, they will, but they could. I don't even want to see them make it to MLS level, to the round of MLS teams. I want to see... Yeah. Some NISL team walk in and just shove freaking Santi Moore's dick in the dirt. <laughs> I will. I was. I was going to ask that, Seth. Do we know a format for that yet, or is it just the teams from which divisions? Um. So we don't even know a, an entire format yet. Um. <clears throat> Excuse me. So over on SoccerWire.com and on S, uh, S Sports Illustrated's website as well, SI.com, uh, the competition schedule is as follows. Uh, March 31st, opening round matchups are going to be announced. Um, then April 9th, April 21st or 28th, the round of 16 and quarterfinal draw uh, will be held. Um, that's, of course, is going to happen if the opening round is not played. Um so yeah, I mean it's uh, so we're looking possibly matches kicking off sometime in April, as far as this goes, with final to be held in June, uh, at the end of June, um, and it does say here that uh, if conditions for holding opening round can for holding the opening round cannot be met on March 29th, the opening round will be canceled, and then again if conditions for the round of 16 cannot be met by April 19th, then the tournament itself will be canceled. So, uh, I mean, there's still, they still have contingencies out there, but yeah, there's no set, um, you know, uh, format really. Uh, there, I mean, it's going to be similar to years past and um, that MLS is going to 
open a round later than everyone else. Uh, opening round will be the eight USL Championship clubs, four uh, clubs from uh, NISA or USL League One, and then the four Open Division clubs. So, uh, but yeah, as far as format, locations, all that kind of stuff, that's all still up in the air. So, um, so yeah, sorry, I, I uh, so yeah, play won't be until May. You know what would make my life just perfect? If that brand new Chicago house AC goes into Phoenix and beats them. <laughs> I don't even know who Chicago house AC is. I don't know if they're in the tournament or not, but if they are, they're my pick for the mat for the tournament. Keep an eye out for that for USL. Uh, I'm sorry, US Open Cup uh, news uh, matches will be kicking off. Looks like in uh, May, hopefully, um, and we will continue to update you guys as that happens. All right. Uh, next up, um, the there's a lot of USL news. One of the things that came out that I found very interesting. I initially saw this in the tweet that the USL Championship has decided that they're going to give 50% of revenue from national media and sponsorships uh, with the clubs to help ensure their financial health. Um, we spent a good deal of time over the offseason and towards the end of last year talking about the potential for clubs not coming back to 2021 or 22, 2022 and beyond. Um, do... How much of an impact do we think that this revenue sharing model is going to have? I mean, without knowing the dollar amounts, it's hard to say. But um, I do give them credit for realizing that they have a good league and it's kind of hard times right now. So helping out teams is the only way to go right now. So I, I feel like it was a very smart idea. I think it'll help a lot of clubs um, make it through that are kind of like on the border of if they're going to make it or not. But without knowing dollar amounts and exactly what is going to every team, it's kind of hard to say exactly how much it'll help. So regardless of how much is going to each team or whatever the dollar amount may be, why did it take a pandemic for the USL to open their eyes to take care of their teams that are making them money anyways? Why did That's it take a, really a pandemic for headquarters to decide, oh, let's take care of our people instead of not paying them minimum wage? Use that money towards minimum wage if you have to. Not paying them whatever they had to, whatever the case was during the offseason. And then now we're hearing about them wanting to give 50% of revenue when they should have been doing at least that the whole time. Why should they have been doing it? Why should they have been doing it? Because why should they keep all the revenue? I'll answer your question with a question. Why should they keep all the revenue? Well, even, even if it's not 50%, even if it's 25%, 30%, whatever the case may be, a portion of that income from each club should go to that club. Yeah, I, I, I need to see details. I can't these 
the 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 USL and their lack of transparency on everything financial drives me absolutely nuts. So on everything in um, general, not even just not even just financial, everything in general. And we don't I don't know what the policy was before this. We can assume that it was nothing, but we don't actually know that because they don't announce anything like that. So um for them to raise it or do it at all, I, I think I, I don't care what was going on before that at the moment now. Um I think it's good for the clubs that are still there and and will help them out and therefore I'm for it. I don't know what was going on before because I never really looked into it to be completely honest. So so if we have proof that they weren't giving anything, then shame on them for that. But I'm glad they changed it, even if it would did take a pandemic. Um can Phoenix not get their share though? <laughs> Just asking. You asking could try to petition friend. the league, but I don't know if it would actually go anywhere or not. I'll, I'll write a letter. See, see, Phoenix Phoenix fans give us shit because the USL they they say that the USL pushes us and loves us and and promotes us all kinds. I don't I don't get that. When they were before us, that was them. They they were the ones that USL pushed like crazy, and Maybe. the USL still pushes them. Like if you listen to the Steal Some Time podcast during the season. Like Phoenix has mentioned every episode multiple times. We're mentioned maybe every other episode, or we'll get like two out of three episodes that we're mentioned in. Even so, the three honest lads podcast. All over. Yeah, it, and well, part of that is because um, what's his name, Terrence is is the play by play guy for or the color commentator, I think, for Phoenix on the local broadcast that they do. But still, it. Phoenix is ridiculous. Phoenix fans are dumb. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you that. Well, to get away from the Phoenix talk uh, for, for just a few minutes, there's something that we missed a couple of weeks ago and uh, we forgot to talk about. And again, this has nothing to do with Phoenix. Uh, the CONCACAF Champions League uh, draw took place a few weeks ago. Which Phoenix is not in, by the uh, way. And can- you know- exactly. One scene. Yeah. Phoenix is not a part of this, by the way. Um, so... Again, this is something we kind of we we kind of missed, and we should have talked about it. Um, so the teams that are uh, involved in the Concacaf 2021 are Toronto FC or Forge FC, uh, Club Leon from Mexico, Columbus Crew SC, uh, Real Esteli FC from Nicaragua, uh, Philadelphia Union, Deportivo Saprissa from Costa Rica, Atlanta United. Liga Deportiva Alajualense, I hope that's pronounced that right, from Costa Rica. Portland Timbers, uh, thank you. <laughs> Portland Timbers and uh, CD Marathon from Honduras. So those are the those are the clubs that are potentially involved in the CONCACAF Champions League this year. Uh, now, some of these leagues, of course, won their, their domestic leagues or cups. Um, to remind everyone where the MLS clubs came from, uh, Columbus Crew, of course, um, won the MLS Cup last season. Uh, Philadelphia Union won the Supporters' Shield. Uh, Portland Timbers won the MLS's back tournament last season. And Atlanta United got in because there was no 2020 U.S. Open Cup, and Atlanta is still the reigning champion. 
uh, of that tournament. So, uh, and then Toronto FC could become the fifth uh, MLS club if they beat Canadian Premier League side Forge FC in the Canadian Championship. Um, so the, again, the draw has been done. Uh, Atlanta United will take on Liga Deportiva Alawalense. I can't, I've got to learn how to say that. Um, from Costa Rica. Portland Timbers will face off against CD Marathon. Portland, I'm sorry, Philadelphia Union will take on Deportivo Saprissa. Columbus Crew will take on Real Estali FC. And then the winner of Toronto FC and Forge FC will take on Club Leon. Um, so are it, are you guys familiar with, with any of these uh, international clubs or are we just kind of leaning on MLS potentially uh, advancing in the tournament this year? I'm going to go with my, my MLS favorite Atlanta United and hope for the best. Good man. Uh, Jacob shaking his head. Cause he's one of them. Shalalala's. Well, yes, I am for one, but um, since they're not there this year, um, which I don't, I understand why, but it sucks that they aren't there. Um, no, I, I think you got to go for Columbus. Like, I love what Columbus did last year, and I loved watching them win the cup, the MLS Cup, and and um, but the sad thing is that MLS clubs do not have a great record in this thing. Um, we've never won it that I know of. We should eventually win it. I think we have the talent to do it. Um, a lot of these MLS clubs do. It's just kind of cursed for some reason. So, but, um, I completely missed this. I can, I had no idea until you just mentioned it. So I'm excited for it because I like soccer competitions that involve American teams. So I will... We'll watch it and we'll root for any and all MLS teams, even if it is Atlanta United, because uh, I don't have anything against Atlanta United. I just play devil's advocate because I have somebody from Atlanta and then apparently somebody that has no brain for themselves over here with Earl and has to root for Seth's team. But um, uh, <laughs> so I, I just gotta gotta give you guys crap about it. But so, what am I supposed to do? Root for someone that sings Shala Lala in the shower? Yeah. Did you not watch We Are LAFC? I actually did watch like, We Are LAFC, and that's why I learned the sha-la-la-la. And I came home, yeah. and I told my wife that, and I just kept singing it around the house. And exactly. <laughs> How are you not an LAFC fan because of watching that? So they're my second team. Okay. If that's fair. I'm okay with it. So I have the <laughs> mantra, anyone but Galaxy. So yeah, so LAFC is my second team. Atlanta United is my first. Uh, only because so Atlanta United is my first one only because I like the supporter group. There you go. Which one? See, that's the thing. I, the supporters groups were like which a one number of, of the they're twelve? Very, yeah, they're very vocal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Any uh, of you them. know you get you get they're the just surgeons. incredible. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah they're awesome. They really are. Um, you know. Honestly, it's going to sound very homerish, but I, I do think Atlanta United is going to have a very good chance. I think Columbus Crew is going to have a very good chance. Um, Atlanta United has made a number of very good signings. New coach uh, in this season, and uh, there's a very real chance that 
El Rey will be making his return for the Champions League. So uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. I'm definitely going to pay close attention to it this year. Um, and and, and they also have one of the CONCACAF. Go ahead. I was saying they also have one of the greatest soccer MLS soccer stars on their team. That is true. Joseph with an F. Absolutely. Not to, take, not to take anything away from Carlos Vela, Jacob. Not to take anything away from Vela. <laughs> I, I am secure in my LFC, LAFC fandom that, and I know what I watch with my eyes. I watch most MLS teams. And to think that Vela isn't the top player in the MLS right now is insane. So, so I wasn't, you could talk about Joseph, whatever, however much you want. I, he's great. Don't get me wrong. He's fantastic. He's not Vela. So are we going to have the same argument as who's better Baker Mayfield or Patrick Mahomes? (laughs) I'll mute myself. I'll mute myself. Uh, all right. Uh, so, and then uh, CONCACAF adjacent news. There are rumors floating around that Max Aarons and Mason Holgate, two of the uh, Premier League's top defenders, are both seeking to get, uh, or potentially seeking to get their Jamaican passports um, so that they can participate uh, for their, play for their national teams, um, which uh, that would be very interesting to see both of those guys uh, playing for, for, for Jamaica and CONCACAF. Um, I don't know how much attention you guys pay to that, but I think that would be huge, uh, a huge coup for them if they can get both of them playing. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, just, uh, I, mean, I, I just, I, from, from would, a, I will agree with everything you just said. <laughs> well, I mean, just think about it. from an international international footballing perspective. If you have two of the top defenders in the Premier League coming in to play for their national team when they haven't done that in the past, you have to think that that bolsters the the confidence and the ability of that particular squad. No, yeah, for sure. Um, I just I don't recognize those names, and I I'm not sure how much that'll actually help Jamaica compete. So. A, a, my initial reaction is okay. Um, but I guess in the grand scheme of things, that is, is kind of a big deal. So, so I will give you that, Seth. I will give you that. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving right along back to the USL, back to uh, U.S. soccer here. Uh, earlier this week, the USL championship announced uh, the divisional or conference and divisional alignment for the 2021 season. Uh, like we already knew prior from leaks from uh, Peter, uh, New Mexico United will be part of a seven-club group. Uh, we basically, again, we called this one here, uh, Real Monarch, Switchbacks, El Paso, New Mexico United, San Antonio, Austin Bolton, and RGV will be squaring off in the Mountain Division, out in the Pacific, Tacoma, Sacramento, Oakland Roots, LA Galaxy 2, Orange County, Las Vegas Lights, uh, San Diego Loyal, and Phoenix Rising. And then, of course, in the Eastern Conference, you have SKC, you have Indy 11, and OKC Energy, Louisville City, FC Tulsa. You also have uh, Birmingham Legion, Atlanta United 2, and sorry that 
black and white uh, thing there doesn't really help very much. Um, Memphis 901 FC in the Central Division of the Eastern Conference. No, if you look at their if you look at their thing, like if you don't know that logo, like the black and white isn't a yeah, great graphic. I know, I know what you're talking about. And then, of course, in the Atlantic Division, the final eight teams, uh, New York Red Bulls 2, Hartford Athletic, Pittsburgh Riverhounds, uh, Loudoun United, Charlotte Independence, Charleston Battery, Tampa Bay Rowdies, and Miami uh, FC. Um, the USL also announced that the format for this season is that, once again, we're going to play everyone within our division four times. And for New Mexico United and the remainder of the Mountain Division, the other eight games on the schedule will be played against uh, other clubs within a geographic locality, most likely um, from other divisions. So for the other divisions, I think it's uh, seven games that they have to play outside of their division. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, again, we called this, guys. We predicted this. Um, I mean, first of all, what's your reaction to the groupings? Were there any surprises here um, from either conference? So I like the group we're in. I mean, it's almost the same as we had last year. Um, obviously, with the addition of um, Austin Bold. Texas. Yeah, with the Texas team. But other than that, I like the group we're in. I mean, I see us obviously beating RGV. I don't see them contending. Um, the only one in our con- and the only two teams in our division that not really worry me, but their eyebrow raisers is Austin and El Paso. Yeah, I think that, like we said, we we basically called the group that we were going to be in. So, so the groupings don't really mean a whole lot to me. I think since we saw that coming, we we've had time to kind of process it. Um, I will say that Austin has made some moves lately that, that show that they mean business. So I think there's three teams other than us that, that should compete San Antonio. Uh, for the playoffs, San Antonio, Austin, El Paso and us. Um, those four teams, I, I would be semi surprised if that's not the four playoff teams coming from this division. Um, now we don't really know the playoff format yet, my guess would be eight teams in the West, eight teams in the East, maybe 10. Um, maybe, you know, maybe it's the top three advance and then the fourth and fifth play each other to, to get to the top eight or something like that. But um, the top four should be those four teams in some order. And I got to say, I'm, I'm excited about our group. I, I also am excited about, the other Western Conference group, I think um, Orange County, Phoenix, and San Diego are all going to be really tough squads. Um, I'll be interested to see what Oakland brings to the table in their first year. Um, Sacramento's obviously always kind of kind of up there, so I, I think that division's kind of stacked. Um, so, so I'm excited to see what it brings, but I think m- what I'm more excited for is... So, so the other three divisions get four out of division games. That's it because they have an extra team that takes up four of those games because they play each other four times. So, so they only have four games that they get to venture outside of that division. We get eight, which I think is huge for us in a sense that we get to kind of see how we stack up a little bit better against other teams and other divisions. 
And then when New Mexico United tweeted out the other day, who did you want to see? Who would you like to see us play in the Eastern Conference? You know, that that gets me thinking maybe we'll see some Eastern Conference teams. Now, those Eastern Conference teams might be Western Conference teams in disguise and the two Oklahoma teams, but who knows? Um, either way, I'm excited. I'm way more excited to see what our out-of-division schedule is when they actually announce it than I am to know that we play those seven or those six other teams twice or four times because that that kind of seemed par for the course no matter what we ended up doing that was going to be the case so i'm excited that we get eight games against people that aren't in texas colorado or utah also also real quick uh fuck phoenix (laughs) speaking of Um, phoenix i will be there april 24th as long as i can get that crazy thing in my arm how do you not already have it? I Didn't you like administer it to people uh, or like I, check people in for it? I did COVID testing. Oh, it was testing. That's right. That's but what that puts it. me at high risk, first responder, blah, blah, blah. I'm already high risk as it is. I'm a state employee. I deal with public. I mean, there are so many things I should have already had that damn thing in my arm. Um, but I haven't. So if I don't have it it's by then, like 20. look, listen. I also have a contingency plan. Everyone here has contingency plans, and I found mine today. Luckily for me, I will be driving right around Crown Point around that weekend. Because I'll be headed I-40 through Grelp, through Grants, through to Hodgley, and all those fun, stupid places. So why not make a freaking pit stop for 22 minutes and get inoculated so I can go to a United game? So, so your plan is to get vaccine, get the vaccine on the way there. If you haven't already got it, absolutely, it's contingency plan. But you know, it takes two shots, right? So, is this look? Are you going to do both of them there? Like, what's listen? I, I see all holes you, in this plan. All you need is the first one to be whatever percentage effective, and then the booster shot two weeks later to make it to ninety-two. I already have this planned out. As hey. As long as your wife's okay with it, I don't care. I already like, told her this. I you could have, you could have gone not vaccinated at all, and I would have been fine with it. I know, but my, my wife wants me to, so I'm doing what she wants. And I told her to say <laughs> that's my contingency plan, and she was okay with it. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, she's she's also okay with March twentieth coming around. Nice. Yeah, we'll get that here in just a few minutes. Um. So before I get into, like, I was going to ask you guys about your way too early regular season predictions. Um, looking at these groups, is, is there one that really stands out to you as being worse than the others? Now, I think we can all agree that the that the Pacific Division is probably going to be the toughest one for, for anyone to really, you know, to win or pull away in. But is there a group that's just absolutely wide open and potentially, like, weaker than the other ones? Hmm. So I don't really know anything about Eastern teams, um, but I do know the worst division in the league this year is that Pacific team. Only because fuck Phoenix. Uh-huh. <laughs> Stall for a couple more minutes while I look up the groups. I need okay. that. Um. Yeah, so again, this, like we mentioned, this is kind of going back to toward similar with what we had last year, um, you know, with, with 
similar groupings and things like that. Uh, I think from my perspective, like I really, I was really kind of hoping for, although we can't, although we called it, I was hoping for something different because I don't want to write about El Paso four times this year. I don't want to write about Colorado Springs four times this year. Like I just don't. And then, and I don't want to say that as like a slight against these clubs, but last year, by the fourth time you play someone, there's not really anything new to expect. You know, you play someone twice, you can you can look at different matchups and things like that. But by the fourth time you play someone, you really kind of know what they're going to do already. And for me, looking at this, you know, I was trying to think about where we might potentially play some of our matches. Um, you know, again, the club did kind of say, where do you want to which Eastern uh, Conference clubs you want to see this play? I mean, I, have, I of course, tweeted at the club and said Atlanta United 2. Probably won't happen just due to the amount of travel. Um, so I imagine we'll probably see uh, FC Tulsa, Oklahoma City Energy, um, perhaps SKC. That's a, that's a possibility there. Uh, I don't see us going to any of the others, Loose City, Memphis, Birmingham. I think those are just too far in terms of the travel rows. Travel. Um, so it'll probably be, you know, those three, and then I would think, you know, Phoenix, San Diego, Vegas, Orange County, and Los Dos, or Oakland maybe, and just leave out Tacoma and whoever, whichever other northernmost California squad is going to be. That's my prediction, but um, be interesting to see what you guys think there as well. Okay, so. I got the got it in front of me. Um, the central seems to be the weakest to me. Um, you got Indy, you got Loose City, Birmingham. I think has a lot of attacking talent. Anyways, I don't know much about their defenders, but um, and then then you got two of the worst teams as far as two teams go with Atlanta United two and Sporting KC two, and you have a couple Oklahoma teams that are kind of always kind of wild cards. Um, I, I'm kind of with you on the Oklahoma teams probably or the Eastern Conference teams we play. I could see maybe a Birmingham, maybe an SKC too. Um, you know, I I think if the USL is looking at what they can put on ESPN, uh, United-Louisville City match um, at Louisville would be a draw for, I think, even like just USL fans in general. So um, if they're trying to put the best product out there, maybe that gets ha- maybe that happens, but it is pretty far, so I'm not sure. And then I see us playing a bunch of teams on the Pacific Division. And the Pacific Division, as much as we had to say it, is kind of stacked. You know, you got Sacramento. LA, was a Gal- LA Galaxy 2 was a playoff team last year. Orange County, San Diego, Phoenix. Sucks. Vegas, Vegas and... T- thank you. Vegas and Tacoma are really the only like not great teams there. Well, terrible teams. I'll go ahead and say it. Sorry, Tacoma. Sorry, LA or L- Las Vegas. Sorry to both of you, but you guys were terrible last year. Oakland's kind of the wild card because we don't know what's going on. But um, no, I think that that basically what you said, Pacific's probably going to be the hardest. Although the Atlantic also looked pretty tough. You know, you got Charleston. Hartford, Pittsburgh, Charlotte, Tampa Bay, Miami. Even Loudon was playing good last year. Red Bulls too has made several 
several championship games in this league. So, so that's a tough division too, but the central is definitely the, the least competitive to me. Um, but I am excited about excited about the possibilities of who we play. We'll have to see what happens when that actually comes out. All right. Next bit of USL championship news that came out. Uh, we touched on it just briefly, briefly earlier. Uh, these Sacra- Sacramento Republic FC uh, had a major investor drop out in their MLS bid. Uh, and as a result, the, their president stepped down as well. Um, I mean, this is a huge blow to them. Um, the from what I read, the investors, the investor backed out after, uh, and basically was complaining about the, the how exorbitant the fees were to join MLS, and then I guess there were issues with COVID and uh, getting uh, a soccer stadium going going in. Um, I mean, this is a this is a huge deal. Um, now, does it completely derail Sacramento's MLS hopes? I don't think so, but they're going to need other investors to step in and quickly if they're going to make that jump there. Um, if for some reason they're not able to, how does this affect the landscape of the USL Championship? So it affects it a little bit. Um, obviously, with Sacramento still being here, um, it's kind of like the, all right, well, plan B, they stay in. Um, and it buys them a little bit more time, like I'm trying to do for Jacob right now. Um, buys them a little more time to get that $200 million buy-in fee, which I think is ridiculous, um, in order to to play MLS. Yeah, I think that it, it hampers them for now. Um, I, I think that having a USL championship squad like they do... Um, and something that they can fall back on isn't terrible for them. So um, I'm happy that that they at least have somewhere to go being in the USL Championship. And I, and I think they eventually make it to MLS somehow, some way. Um, the only problem is, is that if if the USL says, okay, well, you you had your chance, you backed out. Now we need somebody that can fill that spot next year. In the West specifically, do they take a different USL championship side uh, like a Phoenix or uh, San Diego now that they've kind of stepped up and shown that they've got a good fan base or, or, or what do they do? Um, so, so that could, that could hamper Sacramento's chances if they get replaced quickly. But um, other than that, uh, it sucks for them in the short term, but I think they'll be okay in the long term. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. Um, the fact that they haven't officially left the USL Championship left yet gives them the opportunity to make that, I say, make a transition back to it. Uh, but really, it just gives them the opportunity to just stay within the league and not um, interrupt their operations at all. Um, had, which obviously would have happened if they had already left the league. Uh, before you know, the MLS move was 100% done, so uh, I think Sacramento being in the USL is a good is good for the USL as a whole. I think Sacramento has put a quality product on the pitch each of the past few years, and I mean it's going to be a shame to lose them, you know, if they do end up going to MLS. But 
as long as you're here, I welcome them. And, you know, we had uh, a couple fun matches against them back in 2019, and I would look forward to playing them again. Yeah, I agree. You guys ready to get into the New Mexico United news and notes? Yes, finally. I know. Jesus. It's, it's been a while. Like we just we had, and just think, this is like not even everything that we you know, we were. I had hoped that we would even get to tonight before we decided to just go. You know, local and soccer only. So, all right. First, first thing on the agenda tonight, uh, the USL and New Mexico United announced that Troy Lassane, head coach of New Mexico United, received. Um, the 2020 Pro Coaching License uh, from USA, from the U.S. Soccer Federation. That, of course, is the highest level licensure that a coach can receive here in the States. Um, now, Troy was not the only coach uh, among the class to uh, get their get their licenses. Uh, John Harks, uh, Greenville Triumph FC. Uh, FC Tulsa's Michael uh Essien, uh, Austin Bowles, Marcelo Serrano, and New York Red Bull 2's John Wolniak. Uh, so five coaches from the USL champ, from USL were able to get the highest level licensure here in the States. Um, so I think we've it's kind of been teased about a little bit. We've kind of bantered about it a little bit. Does this mean that Troy is going to MLS soon? No. Is that just wishful thinking, or do you think that he, or do you think there's something else behind that? No, I, I, I think that he's a, he's going to be a third year head coach at any level, and still needs time to develop. So, the keyword you said there was MLS anytime soon, and I don't think that's the case. I, I fully believe he can be a U, an MLS coach, but not in the next few years. I think, I think he's New Mexico United's for at least three more years. And I kind of, I kind of relate to that. Um, only I see Peter doing whatever he can to keep Troy at all, at all costs possible. I don't see him trying to let go of Troy in the, any future, even three to five years. I still see Peter keeping Troy unless obviously Troy tanks two, two or three seasons in a row. Which I don't see that happening with the heart that the squad has. I don't see. I don't see them letting Troy walk to MLS. So do you think the uh, the hashtag Troy out movement uh, gets no uh, support whatsoever here? So once again, I'll go back to a couple of months back where I think the hashtag Troy out is bullshit and it is childish and it's just stupid. Yeah, I still never saw it anywhere. So I will second those thoughts of Earl's that it's dumb. So I don't, it's, it's not going to, what, what it's going to take is to see two years in a row of not making the playoffs, I think is what it'll take before he, before we like get rid of like force him out. If we have two more years of, of solid play and he moves on, then that's just, that's just how this thing goes. Like with Cody, we'll talk about her in a little bit. Like it just happens. You don't, you can't keep everybody for forever. Um, 
like we're seeing it now with Tenari and Salih and Bowery. You know, you just, you can't keep everybody all the time. And that's part of what makes this fun and part of what makes it sad. So um, he's not going to get forced out unless we just completely fall off a cliff for two years. And I don't think he's at that level of MLS head coach. And I don't think he leaves to be an MLS assistant. So he's he we're, we're going to have him here for at least two, three more years. See, and to kind of bounce off of that, I don't see him even being forced out uh, on two years not making playoffs if we're at least still in contention. So if we're on the edge of like uh, a play-in spot or even we are in the play-in spot, which if you ask Vagina Plaster, that's not a playoff spot. Um, If we're in that, that section of playoffs... I don't see him moving. I don't see the club moving on from him. I'll, I'll disagree for this reason only. If you look at the moves we've made, both off seasons that we've had since we became a club, they are moves that are saying that we want a championship. Not we want to make the playoffs. Not we want to contend for a playoff spot. It is we want a championship. And that's it's championship or bust. So if we don't even make the playoffs and come close to that championship or bust mentality or level, then I think we move on. I, I think we need to move on from him. And I think we will. Um, but preference all that preference all of that was saying that I don't think that's the case. I think right. we make the playoffs this year. I think we go farther this year than we've gone before. Um so it's it's not I don't think that's going to happen. All I'm saying is that if we miss the playoffs the next two years, Troy's out. And I'd be okay with it. For me, it would take a, a drastic drop off in club performance over an extended period of time, you know, say two years, three years, uh, for me to say, okay, it's time for us to make a change. Um now, I mean, if it's something where where we're suffering from injury issues or something like that. You can't really put that on Troy. You know, there's only so much that he can, he can't be out there playing for the guys. Um, but yeah, I think we have another two, three years out of Troy, um, especially if we continue to be successful. Um, now, I mean, that's not to say that, you know, perhaps there are clubs already looking at him and bring at bringing him in, bringing him up to the MLS level in some capacity. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be hard for me personally to say, okay, it's time for Troy to go. Um, again, I just, I, I see, you know, as long as we're being successful, Troy is going to always be welcome here. So. All right. Uh, next up we have Academy news. A lot, there's a couple of different pieces of Academy news. Uh, first up, um, we have two more signings to the Academy. Aiden Simmelsberger and Ivan Moore have both been assigned to the Academy, so congratulations to those two. And those two guys found out who their head coach is going to be. Um, New Mexico United, the addition of uh, first-team assistant coach and Academy head coach Paul Lease. Um, Paul Lease uh, is coming from uh, the University of Texas RGB men's soccer program. Um, 
he uh, he was he accomplished uh, while there, taking it from a team just entering uh, re-entering Division One after an 18-year hiatus, 2015, to a team that broke the top 25 um, in 2019. Um, so Paul has been a collegiate head coach for quite a while. Um, he's had clubs reach as high as number five in the nation, and was the uh, 2012 Conference Coach of the Year while he was at Coker College. Uh, previously, he was also at Elon University, Furman University, Coastal Carolina, uh, a couple clubs there from like the uh, SoCon there. Um, so it sounds like Coach Lisa is going to be a, a big deal here for the academy. It sounds like he knows how to develop uh, younger players, especially having come from the collegiate ranks. Um, so what, do you, what are your ex expectations here? Uh, for Coach Lee in his first uh, season as the academy head coach. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the academy is going to look like. So it's hard to put expectations when we don't know how many games they're going to play, if they're going to play, you know, what the situation is there. But I like the hire. Uh, he's definitely qualified. I, I think that New Mexico United has done a very good job in their assistant coach hires, as well as obviously Troy. Um, so, so I think he's good there. Um, the apprentice, I think is what they called them coaches that were a bunch of players. Cody was one of those. I, I'm curious to see if they replace him as an apprentice coach. Uh, I think it was Cody, Bruce, and, um, hold on one second, play the Jeopardy theme song. And I will tell you, so that it was Michael Azira. There we go. Yeah. Um, so Cody, Azira, and Bruce were what they call academy apprentice coaches for the inaugural season. So I'd be interested to see if they replace Cody, and if they do, who will that be? Um, but I do think that um, that the the head coach, I think, Lee's is a good good choice. Uh, I'll be interested to see what he does there. And um, I, I I don't know much about these players, so. Um, uh, I'm definitely excited to see what they can bring. We talked, we kind of talked about tying it in with with news that we're we've touched on, and we're going to get to more in depth here in a second. I'm assuming um, uh, with Cody Mizell leaving um, this close to the preseason and and regular season, you know, it kind of leaves a giant hole in the roster for a another keeper. Uh, we assume that Bigel Bigel is going to that. I've had three beers, leave me alone, um, <laughs> is going to be the starter, uh, depending on who else we bring in. And we kind of talked earlier about, okay, well, if if he's the starter, do we just have a, a academy kid as the backup? And I don't think there's a chance in hell that hell happens. But um, it, that's not to say that these academy kids aren't talented, and I'm not excited to see what they do. Yeah, I just don't see us having a... 17, 16, 18 year old kid, you know, as our backup to to Philip. You have to bring in someone that's experienced, especially if we're going to try to compete this year. So I guess my question is, obviously we know Cody's leaving. Um, who fills in that spot? Or if they fill that spot, who would you want to see fill that spot? Yeah. So so not to disparage the the signing of Paul Lee, but um. It's it's big for future plans. 
it's not big for the right now. And since we don't know what this Academy is going to look like, um, I'm okay with moving on. Um, we've kind of touched on it. Cody Mizell was signed by an MLS club. Um, it's being reported that it is NYFC, NYCFC, which he had a trial run with for last, last preseason mm-hmm. uh, and performed well. So it's not a, really a surprise that he's going there. Um, I'm happy for him. Uh, I, I think, I think we're all kind of sad that he's leaving, but happy that he has a chance to take his career to the next level in the MLS. Um, that being said, Earl, to answer your question, um, I don't know. It, it's hard to say because because Philip is such a unknown entity. Um, I don't know if he's good enough to win us a championship. You know, I don't know if he's good enough to be that that guy between the nets that leads the, or between the sticks that leads leads the team um, to a championship. And if if he's not, then we need to get somebody in there. It is that is. Um, but I, for one, think he could be, and I'm willing to give us or to give him the benefit of the doubt for being here. For you know, he was on the roster last year, but he was he was with the club the year before in our inaugural season. He just wasn't on the roster. So he's been here for two years, just like Cody has. And I think he knows what it's going to take to, to lead this team. And I think he deserves a chance at least to prove that he can or can't do that. Yeah. It's tough to really look out there and see what keepers are available. Again, you know, we can go, off the USL Championship website, which does show the keepers that have transferred out and why and things like that. Uh, and we, we tossed around a couple names in our group text today after the news broke about Cody. Um, but, again, it, it's just one of those things where, where there's it, – it's really hard to say, you know, where, which direction the club's going to go in. Do we bring in someone that's got experience? I mean, Phillips played, you know, overseas – you know, we just haven't seen him play here. Um, do we go with someone, you know, that's been in the USL championship before? Do we look at MLS rosters? Do we try to bring someone in on loan? I mean, there's a whole bunch of different options out there um, that the club has available to them. Um, no matter how we look at it, though, um, you know, Cody leaving is is a tremendous loss for this team, especially so close to the start of the season. Um Part of me thinks, though, that the club knew for a little while that this was potentially coming down, and so perhaps they've had Philip, you know, working that in the you know the number one role, you know, at the down at the Mason Del Sol facility. Um, you know, who who knows what what the club has been doing to prepare for this? Um, but you know, again, congratulations to Cody. You know, like you mentioned, he trialed for NYCFC before the 2019 season. Did pretty well uh, from everything that we could see, and he's got a chance now, you know, to further his career, to go up and learn from the U.S. national team's number one, you know, work behind Sean Johnson, play with him, you know, fill in for him when the national team call-ups happen, and I mean that's that's a huge chance for Cody. So congratulations to him, Georgia boy from Woodstock. Uh, you know, Cody and I talked uh, a couple times down at the lab. You know, he and I grew up not too far from each other. A um, few years apart in age, though, but, uh, you know, congratulations to Cody. Um, I mean, hope to see him 
back in the back in the state here at some point, maybe even I know there's some talk over on Facebook about potentially getting some folks to go down to Austin um, if they play Austin FC this year. So um, yeah, I, there's just it's a lot it's a lot there. I mean, Cody has meant a lot to this team over the first two years of its inception, um, and you know it's it's a hole that the club's going to have to try to fill. See, and I'm I'm excited about it, and we said it in the group text today. Obviously, with Cody moving up to MLS, it shows that United can provide MLS quality players. Um, but also with this, we know Cody and how good he is. Um, if he could prove himself, he has a chance at getting a national team call up. Yeah, he played for the, I think, like the U15, U20, uh, 23 as well before. So he, he's been part of the national team system. Um, but yeah, I, how much playing time he's going to get behind uh, Sean Johnson, I don't know. Uh, really, it's probably just going to be, you know, fill in or maybe open cup duty or something like that. But in any case, it's a big chance for Cody to really show what he's made of at the top level of soccer here in the States. First and foremost, I think that um, Cody, it, it can't be said enough how how big of an impact Cody had on this club and this community. Um, and that is that is going to be sorely missed. Um, as happy as I am for him to have this chance, um, it does suck uh, that he he isn't going to be with us anymore. Um, that being said, you know it, it's a business; it happens. Uh, we got to look kind of look ahead, see what happens there. I did a quick search here. Um, the top three goalkeepers, according to um, transfer market for USL. For, for keepers with USL experience, um, one name that came up in our group chat earlier was uh, Tambikas, Tambakis, um, played for NYCFC last year. Um, then there's, according to that, he's the top available one. Then you have another Cody, uh, Cody, what's Cody's last name? Lorendi. Yeah, uh, from Oklahoma City, who we know, we've, we saw him last year a couple times um and then the last one was a uh, Richard Sanchez uh from SKC2 um so you know if if we go that route and they bring in somebody with experience uh those are some names to maybe keep an eye on uh, it just depends on on what happens going forward and and honestly how the club feels about uh Philip and and if he if they think he can handle that number one job but um, again, I thank Cody for being here. I thank Cody for really embracing what New Mexico is and what, it, what it means to be from New Mexico and, and New Mexican. Um, and I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss, um, seeing him out there in between the sticks, um, yelling at everybody and doing his thing. So, Hopefully it works out for him. And if it doesn't, you know, you can always come back. I'm sure, sure the club would open their checkbooks to, to bring him back after this low or this transfer is over. So, uh, again, thanks Cody. And, um, good luck in the future over there at NYCFC. 
All right. Uh, on to our last bit of news here. Um, and this is, I think this is the one that's finally got us the most excited for the next uh, few weeks uh, coming up here. New Mexico United has finally announced their preseason schedule. Um, six matches have been scheduled uh, starting March 20th. Um, we have March 20th against the El Paso Locomotive, March 27th, uh, Colorado Rapids, April 3rd, San Diego Loyal, April 10th, Colorado Springs, April 17th, FC Tucson, April 24th, Phoenix Sucks. Um, and three of these, El Paso, Colorado Springs, and FC Tucson, will be at the Mesa del Sol training facility, uh, which I think is exciting uh, for a couple different reasons. The first of which is that United actually gets to play in New Mexico after more than a year away. Um, so that's going to be big, number one. Number two, we have heard from the club that they are looking at getting media into the preseason matches. And so uh, we will be, uh, once we know the details, we will be reaching out to the club to try and get in and bring you guys coverage of that. Um, so first question for you, for you guys, or let's start with you. Um, what do you think of these preseason matchups? Do you think these, these are a good test for um, for a, a squad that really hasn't played a full match together, um, you know, in, in several months? Um, and do you think that playing here in New Mexico is going to have an effect on that? Uh, yeah, so to answer your question, yes, on all of those. I do think it is a good test for a squad that, especially now with a new goalkeeper, um, it'll kind of show us what we have. So to start off with whoever the heck you said it was, um, who did you say March 20th was? El Paso. El Paso or El, Sma El, El Trasho, Smell Paso, whatever we want to call them this year. Um, either way, they suck as well. Um, not as bad as Phoenix, but they still suck. Um, so to start off with El Paso, it's a good test because obviously the way we ended last season, there's a chip on the shoulder, even though it's still preseason. Uh, they want to show that they are still contending and that they are still good. Um, and the star power that we brought, I mean, why not give them a chance at different positions on the pitch? Yeah, I think that um, that it's a good, it's a good mix of teams that we should be on par with teams that are a little bit above us quote unquote in the Colorado Rapids and then uh, a team that that should be less than everybody else in FC Tucson I think there's a good mix there um, I'm super excited that there are games in New Mexico for the first time since last year when we had well and even last year I think it ended up just being an inner squad scrimmage so um I think that's going to be huge. It's going to be great for the players, uh, great for us uh, if the media gets to go, and for the fans just knowing that you know we we're going to be there to cover it, and you know we'll have other local entities there to cover it, and just to have have fans or have New Mexico United games in New Mexico uh, is just going to be massive, uh, even if it's just a morale boost. But um. I do think I, I think that uh, something I hadn't thought of that Earl brought up 
was uh, we get to see what what we have with Philip, um, you know, in three weeks, basically in less than three weeks. So that that's going to be big to see to see how we go there and 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 who we what we really have uh, at keeper and and then if if we bring in say we bring in um, Cody. Oh, help me out again. Lorindy. Lorindy, thank you. Uh, if we bring Cody Lorindy in before El Paso, then that gives us, you know, six matches against quality opponents to have a actual fight to see who deserves to be number one. So um I think it's I think it's gonna be a great preseason. Um hopefully nobody gets hurt, we can make it through and and really ramp up to the regular season using those games as, as a, a way to figure out, because we've also talked about all the additions that we have and what, what that's going to look like. So, so having six preseason games against quality opponents is going to be big in figuring out lineups and starters and everything like that. So I, I couldn't be more excited with this news. Um, the only time I'll get more excited in the off season is probably when they announce the actual regular season schedule. So uh, this looking at this, I'm looking at it right now to actual have to actually have dates and opponents in front of me, like a schedule, obviously like a schedule looks like, I don't know what I'm saying guys. It's 1114 and I've had three beers. So um, <laughs> I'm just excited that I can look and see dates and opponents and know that some of the games are going to be played in New Mexico and, and know that those teams are going to be high quality teams. Even if it's cause like we talked about us, like we looked at our roster and said, okay, who do you bench? So I know that's the case with El Paso for the most part, San Diego has a really good squad. So no matter who they put out there, it's, it's going to be quality opponents that we get to test our skills against. Something else that I'm excited to see is obviously the fact that last season Mondo didn't really get to get a taste of home and home fans with the exception of that home away from home, whatever the hell that was um, in Colorado Springs. Um, he, d- he he did play in the inter-squad scrimmage that did have 5,000? 8,000 somewhere in there. Like was there, I was it was busy. still loud. I was, yeah, too busy it was still loud. With my wife. I, I, I don't know what I was doing that night to be completely honest. Actually I do. I was shooting my cousin's wedding. Um, and I was quite bummed that I couldn't make it over there. So, um, but he did play in that and that did have some fans. So he got a very, 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 very small taste of it. Um, another thing that I'm excited about is I do know that Bernalillo County and the city of Albuquerque have also thrown a chunk of money into the upkeep and the renovation of Mesa del Sol. So to be able to show that off to incoming teams is something that the city of Albuquerque and Bernalillo County are going to love. Um, and number three, and the biggest part of it, we get to have home fans we get to drive a short 35 minutes unless you're jacob who lives in the middle of nowhere um a short 35 minutes to mesa del sol and watch the team that we love and 
enjoy the first five hours of 2021 soccer. Five hours? I'm confused. I plan on spending five hours. <laughs> just putting that out there. Just you're just gonna sit there for five hours, no matter what. Okay. Exactly. Right, well, let me ask you guys. So, so yes, uh, you know the the city and the county are going to put money into Mesa del Sol. The governor recently changed the guidelines for COVID and large gatherings and sporting venues, so we will see fans in the stands um, whenever we do get back to play. Um, so all those all those things are very exciting. Um, let me ask you guys one one other thing here real quick from both a media perspective and a fan perspective how much stock do you put into preseason matches is it something where you just want to see the talent on the field to kind of give an idea of what they're going to do or do you really want to see like in-depth hard nose playing to and, and you know troy really like pushing tactics uh on these opponents who we may potentially see later in the year I think to me, it's it's not so much a. I put a lot of stock in the results. Um, it's it's really just seeing, like I want to see how Schmidt looks on the pitch. Like I want to see how well he's moving, how well they're communicating back there. I kind of want to see what Troy's thinking a little bit in formation wise and starter wise, which we might not really know until later in the in the preseason, but. Uh, I'm not. I'm not paying attention to wins and losses, or even really goals. I, I just want to see some chemistry being built and people looking fit and healthy and and moving well, actually out there on the pitch against live competition. So I'm kind of on the same kind of on the same boat as you. Um, I don't really put much into probably the first week or two. Obviously, with the pretty much brand new squad coming in a brand new goalkeeper coming in. Um, you got Schmidt coming off of his injury. He's never played with, with right in. Um, granted, he has some experience with Suggs and Yearwood or whoever they throw on the back line. Um, but being off for a year, obviously there's going to be some kind of rust. So I'm not looking too much into the first game. Um, much more as a... Let's get in shape. Let's run for 90 minutes and get in shape. Um, probably about the third, fourth, into the fifth, that's where we start seeing what Troy is thinking and where he's trying to go with what lineup and what he wants to do. Um, I think even then we still toy with some of the secondary positions, such as Sergio Rivas being able to play left wing and center field. Um, I think we toy around with that for a little bit. Um, the fact that Suggsy can jet down the pitch at any given time of the day. we He plays around with that for a little bit. So I don't think we see much going into it until about week three, week four of preseason. So would you guys be okay if we went 0-6 in the preseason? As yeah. long as we were showing improvement? Yeah, yeah I would. It 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 just depends on like what that zero and six looks like. Like if it's if it's six three nil losses, um, then I might be a little concerned. Might be a lot concerned. It just depends. Um, I I think I think if with the talent that we have, if I'm seeing what I want to see, 
that should lead to goals and at least a couple wins. So I think if we went 0-6, I would be a little concerned, no matter what. Um, now, we could look fix, we could look spectacular and lose every game 1-0, um, and maybe I'm not as concerned. But um, finishing has always been kind of something that we need to be better at through the two years. So even if we lost 1-0 every game, I'd be a little concerned. So um, I don't want to go 0-6, but at the same time, it's it wouldn't be the end of the world. So pretty much I mirror what I just said. Um, I don't look too much into preseason because it's exactly that. It's preseason. It's what you were preparing for. Um, so 0-6, obviously, like Jacob said, if it's 3-0, then you want to probably take a step back and look at what's going on, which is exactly what preseason's for. Um, so yeah, so I would hate to go 0-6 because I'm a fan. Um, but I would not be too worried about going 0-6 if they're close games. So if it's like 2-1, 1-0, but if we're giving up three every game, then yeah, I might be a little bit worried. All right, so six matches here coming up. Uh, We are going to do our best to be at all the ones here at Mesa del Sol. Uh, They'll bring you guys... um, you know, recaps, uh, live action, and talk about how the club is looking and how we think things are shaping up going into the regular season. Uh, a lot of excitement, a lot of things to be excited about this season, a lot of new signings, um, new coaches, um, you know, new season. Like So many things to be excited about. We can't wait. We know you guys can't wait either. Um, so uh, I think that's going to do it for our main discussion this week. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, just to give you guys a quick preview of our next show, which will be in two weeks. Um, it's probably going to be very basketball heavy. Uh, it is March Madness. So by the time we record in two weeks, brackets will be out. Hopefully we will all have made our picks and uh, we'll have those up uh, probably on the website. So you guys can see those on the social media. You guys can play along with us. Uh, we're gonna, we've got a group that Earl's invited us to over on ESPN. Uh, we'll make some picks there. Uh, so I think that's going to just about do it for us. Uh, we will be switching our feed to a more regular show, probably back to uh, probably about uh, once a week here, once the preseason gets started. Uh, we're going to talk about that off air and set a finalized plan. Um, but so that's just a little bit of what to look forward to coming up soon. Uh, final thoughts, guys? Anything to add here before we leave? So my final thought is I'm super excited for the next coming weeks. I'm super excited for the season. Obviously, with this new restructured COVID protocol, public health order, whatever they want to call it. Um, Obviously, with that restructure, allowing outdoor venues and outdoor entertainment venues um, and fans in those outdoor venues that opened the door for fans to come back in, which is much needed for a squad that played an entire year on the road. Um, So home cooking would be nice. I do hope that the USL keeps in mind that United did play every game on the road and a home opener on opening day would be the right thing to do. Um, I feel like a politician makes some kind of pitch. Other than that, 
just stay safe, wear your mask until it's required not to, and don't be Texas. <laughs> yeah. Um, I to see progress towards the season starting and knowing more and more about it just gets me more and more amped up. Um, I I saw a Facebook memory pop up two years ago back in at the end of February of me holding all my season tickets for season one. And um, I can't wait to be able to get back to that kind of energy uh, in the lab and, and surrounding the club. So um, let's, let's stay safe out there. Let's do what we got to do to make sure we have fans in the stands for opening night, whenever that may be. And um, again, thank you to Cody. Congrats on moving up. Uh, Thank you to you guys for for getting on here uh i had to push it i didn't i didn't have to but we pushed it back at night uh specifically because my family wasn't going to be here at the house tonight so it was just easier for me not to have to worry about putting them to bed and doing all this stuff so and because of that we were gifted with the news of cody leaving um right before we podcast instead of right after which would have sucked so um, i'm happy for that so uh seth if you got anything to add um, if not, I'll close it out. And, uh, so one, on. one more thing on my part, is your name what? Seth? One more thing <laughs> on my kidding. part, just one more thing. And then I'll press this mute button. Fuck Phoenix. Yes. <laughs> I'm, okay I'm okay with that. Um, you know, keep masking up folks. The state is making strides. Um, I, you know, we are at a point now where, uh, the, Large entertainment venues are going to be open. It sounds like there are going to be fans in the stands, media at the park uh, when the season kicks off. So uh, keep doing your part, folks. Get your vaccine if you can. Uh, we cannot wait to see you guys and the club back out at the lab or Mesa del Sol, whatever the case may be. And it's going to be an exciting year, folks. It is. It really is. I think. Uh, this is the year that we we make even more noise in the USL playoffs than we have, and and I'm really excited about the the moves that we've made, and and we still have some to make. Obviously, we still only have I think 19 players on the roster. Well, maybe even 18 now that Cody's gone. I don't know. I'd have to do some math real quick, and I don't want to. Um, so, but but we we have some moves left to make, and and we've got a schedule coming out soon. Hopefully, we've got. Uh, some new signings before next time they mentioned the basketball games going on, which, which I got to say, I found it a shock the other day when Duke wasn't even in the tournament, according to ESPN. So, um, that's how little I have paid attention to college basketball this year. So, so that'll be fun. That'll be fun, uh, reconnecting with that and going from there, uh, and a good way to jump into the soccer season, uh, with a little bit of March madness there. So, Again, I thank you guys for hopping on, pushing it back a little bit, uh, getting this Cody news before we hopped on here. And and um, can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Of course, we talk throughout the week because you guys blow up my freaking phone every day when I'm at work for random shit. Um, you're welcome. No, no, you're you're muted. You're muted, sir. You're I, muted. I unmuted um, myself. See, when that button's blue and it's flashing, I mean, it's not mute. Oh, fine. fine. Anyways... <laughs> Um, even if you guys do that, it's still like, like today was warranted today with Cody's, the Cody news. I was like, okay, I'm getting in on this conversation. Uh, most of the time I'm just like, guys, guys.
guys, really? This can't, this has to be going on right now. But it, um, either way, love you guys. Love the listeners. Um, come back in a couple weeks. Uh, like Earl said, we'll probably, or like Seth said, we'll probably be going to once a week um, here in the next couple months, maybe a month or a couple weeks, I mean, a uh, month or so. Um, but until then, social media, Earl's still on the Facebook page. Seth's still on the Suncast Twitter, which will be soon switching to Somos Mas, uh, if it hasn't already. Um, we'll be switching the the Twitter page and everything like that up as well. Yes, Earl. No, oh, you unmuted, so I was like, oh, he's gonna he's gotta have a nugget here somewhere, but no. Um so yeah. Uh email us, message us, listen, review, rate, all that jazz. Um not gonna repeat it. It's our name, our first name at dadventuresmedia.com for email and other than that, guys, stay safe out there. Uh, despite what you feel or what your beliefs are, um, just behave. Don't do something stupid. Don't don't put us in jeopardy of not being able to have fans at these regular season games, guys. So uh, we'll be back trying to do quick math in my head. It looks like March 17th or maybe 16th, uh, depending on if it's a Tuesday or Wednesday. But um, So tune in again then. And until then, it's almost news. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for all the latest New Mexico United news and notes, as well as weekly discussions about sports from around the world. All episodes are recorded live on twitch.tv, where you can join us and be a part of the show. All of our episodes are recorded remotely from Albuquerque, Moriarty, and Fort Sumner, New Mexico, using Zencaster, and are edited with Audacity. All of our shows are proudly hosted on Pinecast. 